What is up, guys? You're listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what's going on? Uh, yes, Shamari. It's another week in the Star Wars universe. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a long time coming, uh, but we finally got through the Thrawn novel. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously we'll we'll be talking about that, uh, but even more of a long time coming. We finally got a trailer to the the new Disney Channel, or what we thought was going to be Disney XD, but apparently the Disney Channel animated series Star Wars Tradition. So, where I imagine we'll dive right into that in the beginning, and it was certainly interesting. Um, so it polarized. Thing for a lot of people, but uh, I would say it's certainly. Yeah, I mean, I think polarizing is definitely uh, is definitely putting it lightly. Um, like even when, give me one second here. Even when, say, I just pull up the trailer, uh, looking at the like to dislike ratio. I mean, is eleven thousand likes and eighty nine thousand dislikes. So eleven thousand to eighty-nine thousand or eighty-nine thousand dislikes <laughs> on this trailer to eleven thousand likes. So there's more dislikes than likes. There's way more dislikes than likes. A lot of people are not feeling wow. this. Hi. Yeah, a lot of people are really not feeling this trailer. I mean, people don't like the the art style, people don't like the um the fact that it looks like it's just for little kids, people don't like, and this this isn't me talking. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just going yeah. off of just a quick look at what the comments are, and people just disappointed. Uh, people just being disappointed by um, uh, this this uh, trailer. I mean, people just people are just bashing this trailer, um, and. I mean, I don't, I don't think it looked that bad. The show itself looks like, it, as far as the art style, it looks like Iron Man Armored Adventures. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of this show. Yeah. Because it looks a lot like Iron Man Armored Adventures in terms of the art style, in terms of how bright it is. It's very bright. And I feel like Iron Man Armored Adventures was equally bright. It's not like the Clone Wars or Rebels. This yeah. show is just super bright. Like, it's or even John. John's very dark. Right, Exactly. Like this is very different from from uh, from those projects, so um, so that's interesting, uh, and the characters are are super lighthearted, um, and they even have a featurette um, showing the characters, um, and they are all, um, well, I I say most of them are very lighthearted, it, at least that's how it seems. It seems like they're all very lighthearted, even lighter than everyone in Rebels. You know, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Zeb was, was, you know, he was Zeb, but he was very, like, you know, serious, you know, and he wanted to start fights a lot and stuff. So that at least caused some kind of action, (laughs) you know, it got you ready for something to happen. Like with these characters, like with the Niku character, who seems to be completely comic relief, um, you know, which is, I guess in itself isn't necessarily terrible, but, you know, you don't expect much substance to come from characters like that you know so it's it's just it's very 
It's just not really what the Star Wars fan base was looking for. I mean, how did you feel about the trailer, Kendall? Uh, see, I feel like it's tough because when I watched it, one, it's too short. Uh, it, sh- it should have been longer than a minute. Especially if it's, I mean, what do we hear? Maybe 22 episodes and like that? Yeah. There's no excuse for the trailer that won't be in one day. And there's plenty more footage for them that was shown in the featurette that wasn't in the trailer they could have shown. Um, I thought the featurette was good. I thought the featurette, now you can't start off with a feature, you have to have a trailer. But I thought the featurette definitely, I think, won, won them some points in my eyes. I thought the trailer was uh, not good. I feel like I learned nothing about anything <laughs> besides just got a nice little look at the show. But in terms of, I mean, timeline, you would have no clue what the show, what timeline the show really would take place had it not been for one or two shots of Paul Dameron and, right. like, yeah. the title Star Wars Resistance. Other than that, it's completely ambiguous. Uh, the one that I didn't like in the featurette was that Dave Filoni made the point to say that these characters are involved in anything major. <laughs> I'm like, that's the exact opposite of what I was like. Yeah, um, honestly. That's when I heard that, I kind of, you know, I, I, it was a little skewish. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is, that sounds like Rebels 2.0. Star Wars Rebels 2.0. And when you talk about the, the tone of the show, and how Star Wars Rebels seemed to have a little bit, even though Rebels obviously still felt like a kid show many, many times, it had a more serious point at times. A lot of that has to do with, I think, the timeline. And mm-hmm. the time you were, the time we were in and during the Empire and during that Rebels period, obviously, just in general, it was going to be a lot more darker than this time period. So, I can see it from that perspective, but that doesn't necessarily cater itself to being a good definition theory. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like. Oh, sorry, what were you gonna say? Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like they. I just feel like this show isn't for me. You know, like I don't think the show was made for me. I don't think it was made for ninety-five percent of the people that just liked it, probably on YouTube. It's probably not made for them. Um, and it's unfortunate. I don't blame them for disliking it. They just, they just think you kind of you have to step back and realize that this show being put on Disney Channel, Disney XD, is not going to be made for the guy that saw the original trilogy in the 1980s live or, or in person or the guy that even watched the Zelda, the prequel trilogy live in person. You know, it's going to be made for kids that just started watching the movies that just saw episode 8 for the first time, just saw episode 7, that was their first experience in Star Wars. This is supposed to be a continuation of that. And, I mean, for those kids, this might end up being a really good show. Um, but I, it just, it, they just, it seemed a little too low stakes. Or no stakes, rather. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, like, there was a huge red flag when Filoni said, oh, yeah, these characters aren't involved in anything major. You know, it's just like, then why am I watching it? You know, like, what, yeah. like, what am I watching? Am I just watching, you know, I mean, it it can be a side story and be interesting, but I think when the whole show is a side story, you know, that's kind of like, and I mean, Rebels was a side story, even though, like, but it, it, it was a it was a side story, but it still had like major characters in it, and it was involving like a major conflict, which is like the whole like rebellion. With Star Wars Resistance, you know there isn't even a war going on yet, really. I mean, I mean the the Resistance is still. I mean, there there aren't completely in full blown war yet with the First Order, so there isn't anything going on there yet. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know if this. The, if this show is going to eventually cross into that time period, like, I don't know. I mean, it could potentially, I don't know. It, you know, kind of like how we thought like rebels could cross over with like Scarif and like rogue one. So I don't know yeah. where exactly, you know, resistance is going to end up on the timeline, but as far as we know, it's taking place in a, in a time where, when, when nothing particularly significant is happening with the, with this resistance and it's, com- it's, it's surrounding completely, um, re- seemingly completely unnecessary characters who want nothing to do with the resistance, have nothing to do with this resistance, and it's very—it just doesn't look like a very, um, a very intriguing story. Now I know it sounds like I'm bashing this trailer, I like it, but it didn't do anything to get me excited for it. And I think that's really a shame. I think it could still be very good. Um, but it just, it just didn't exist. Now, there, there is talk out there, um, uh, a uh, Star Wars fan did a little work, uh, used, did some coding, basically, to find metadata on this, the Star Wars existence series page of StarWars.com. And found a description that reveals when the show will take place. And apparently the description says that the show is, quote, set about six months before The Force Awakens. So, um, said it's about a young pilot recruited by the Resistance and tasked with a top secret mission to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. I saw none of that in the trailer. Um, I, I don't know if. They didn't want to show any of that. I don't know if that wasn't the tone they were going for. Maybe they will pick up. I mean, look, the Star, the Star Wars Rebels first trailer, I got to watch that over again, but I'm sure that wasn't very either. Hmm. Um, you know, Star Wars Rebels season one, I was not a huge fan of at all. I thought it was also very low stakes, also very meaningless for, you know, besides the first episode and, like, the last couple of episodes, it, it, I, didn't, I really didn't even have to watch it, but it got better, so I will give this a chance, but I'm not that excited. I do, I do like the, they have a, a diverse cast, and the characters seem interesting, except for the, who was the guy named Niku? Yes. The, the Niku character, I, I, again, like, I, like you mentioned, seems like comic relief filler type of guy. 
You know, that's how we got so AP five. I'm super okay. interested about him. The Yeager character, the Yeager character, the character I think I'm most interested in. Yeah, honestly, he um, seemed even more interesting than Kaz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of want to see what this guy, what story he has to tell, what he's been through, what he's seen, because, like, I don't know, you know, they, I, but I don't think the sense that he can even do that much with this guy, because it, it feels too lighthearted. Yeah, honestly. Um, so, I mean, what, what would you grade... What would you bring and the future at everything that we've gotten? Also, by the way, can't forget to mention that there was a picture of Princess Leia, which confirmed she will be in the show. They, they confirmed Fadma will be in the show. So we know Paul Danner. Yes. Uh, and we can be Yes. So, we, yeah, we did see that picture of Leia. Um, but everything you've seen so far, how do you feel about the show? Well, I would, I would give everything I've seen so far about a... Um, I'd give it a, I mean, I honestly, I'd give it a five. Like, I, I don't think I, like in going any higher than that, it would imply that I am like excited, you know, and nothing that I've seen so far has gotten me excited. I mean, I was, I mean, before the trailer came out, I would say my hype level was at like an 8.5 maybe. Right. Ever since they released all this stuff, now I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't look like it's going to include anything important. Though yeah, I'm glad like to hear that it's at least. I thought it would be like. Right. I mean, I, I thought it would. I thought. I, I mean, I'm glad to hear at least that it's um, six months before the Force Awakens, because that at least implies that, you know, if it goes at a quick enough pace and we have over 20 episodes, you know, it can at least catch up to the movie. So we can at least like see, hopefully more, um, inter- more integral characters, and more important storylines. Maybe we'll see Kylo Ren. Maybe we'll see some other characters. You know. So hopefully we can get something like that as well. So yeah, I, yeah. I mean, for me, I I'll go six out of ten, only because I feel like I'll give Dave Filoni and the Star Wars people benefit of the doubt. Say they just didn't cut a good trailer, but that they will be that this show is better than what they're leading on. Um, but I agree, I feel a lot worse about the show than I did two weeks ago, which I mean is unfortunate because I thought after you showed me the trailer, I'm gonna go a little crazy about this show, but now I'm like, can we get to the down Favreau show? Yeah, now I'm waiting for the Clone Wars, now I'm just waiting for the Clone yeah, Wars. Clone Wars yeah. <laughs> Like I'm just like okay, so when is the Clone Wars coming back? Like, which is really unfortunate. I mean, I'm sure, I I think this looks like a good show for kids. It honestly it does. It looks like a good show for kids, but not for anyone looking for a real Star Wars story, unfortunately. Um, but you know, hopefully we'll get more from from you know Disney with regards to Resistance. It premieres on October seventh, so soon enough we will be able to start reviewing the show, and that'll be. A weekly review, so that'll take Rebels' spot in terms of us doing weekly reviews. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'll review it. I'll review it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think there's no. I mean, it, free making. That's the worst case scenario if this turns into free making. <laughs> then, it, then I mean, yeah, it, it won't be that bad. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, Filoni, like, what do you mean? like now they're using Filoni for free makers. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, what happened? 
But yes, I don't, I don't think I don't think that's gonna be free niggas. Uh, but we shall see. Um, so we got some more news. Uh, and this is some news that I actually uh, we didn't discuss in pre-production, but I just I did definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Kelly Marie Tran because she's been going through some stuff recently um, with you know trolls and getting angry at, with her and you know saying you know racist. Um, you know, racial slurs and being racist and hateful towards her on social media. She deleted her Instagram. She released, uh, she came out and wrote an editorial in the New York Times stating, um, uh, basically stating what she's been going through and how she's going to push through this. And, you know, stating how it's really a shame that she is, that, that you know, she has to deal with all this hate um right now uh which it is but um but you know hopefully um you know hopefully her writing this her writing this uh editorial can you know open some people's eyes and you know it and at the in it's it's really surprising that there's so much you know hate within the star wars fan base like i, I mean who would have guessed that there would be so much there would be so much you know just uh, hate. It, it's crazy to think about. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. Uh, um, you know, a lot of people have come out and supported her since then. Mm-hmm. Abe Richardson, you know, obviously dealt with a lot of hate right. for his performance as uh, <laughs> Andy Skywalker. Uh, uh, not to mention the other kid that played him in uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah, uh, J.K. Moore. Yeah, we got to put him in Phantom Menace to get his name. Uh, a lot of these actors have come out in support of Kelly Marie Tran. Since then, uh, uh, it's tough, you know, especially for some of these actors and actresses that they cast like her that basically is their first major studio role. Right. Some of them might be their first role. You know, outside of like really, really low budget, you know, film school type stuff. Right. So they're not used to this kind of notoriety, and then when you, you get it, sometimes the that pressure and that that uh, just that swarm of you know, you mentioned hate, it it, it rattles people, um, and it's it's unfortunate that people have to deal with that kind of stuff, but. Uh, it, it, it's it's there's not much there's not much that you could do besides be better as a society, but yeah, it's important. Yep, it, it really is. You know, and people have critiqued her, you know, acting and whatever. And you can you can say whatever you want about her acting, but when it gets to a level um, that's so personal, you know, and so uh, you know. So just indiscriminate, just based on the color of someone's skin, that is when it get, it really crosses a line. Um, and I would hope that that we can um, come together as a community in support of her during you know in in dealing with all of this. I mean, Daisy really deleted her Instagram as well um, because of you know she didn't come out and say anything about it, but it it was just um, deleted. Um, or you know, and uh, you know, she didn't make a big thing about it, but you know, it's 
you know, it, I think it seems pretty obvious that it's because of two and two together. Yeah, you yeah. put two and two together, like, you know, so, so yeah, I think this trend needs really needs to stop. Um, so, you know, so hopefully that gets better over time. Uh, so we got some more, uh, some more news, some more Ryan Johnson news. So, um, you know, of course, we've covered before how you know it appears based on you know several rumors that. Um, Disney and Lucasfilm seems to be getting cold feet on the whole Ryan Johnson um, situation uh, with him uh, getting a trilogy. So, you know, we have people on Twitter and someone asked him, hey, are you still working on the trilogy? And he says, yep, period. Um, so he says he's still working on it. Um, though he doesn't say anything else. He doesn't say, oh, this is a ridiculous rumor. He just says, yes, I am. You know, I don't think he knows what's going on behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, and after he said that, even more rumors are coming in about how, how they're uh, questioning whether he should be working on this uh, project and other, you know, other such things. And it's just, um, you know, I mean, I think these rumors like this, it just kind of... Uh, it kind of, um, you know, it, it kind of supports my thinking in that why did they give him a trilogy? You know, and, and yeah. you were saying this, um, or at least I was saying this. You were you were more more hype on. Yeah, I was hype on the yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I was amazing. Right. You know, but like I was, I was like, okay, why why are they giving him a trilogy already? I mean, I was like shocked. I was like, they're giving him a trilogy. You're saying this man is the next George Lucas, basically. They're giving him his own Star Wars trilogy, a trilogy of Star Wars canon movies that that is just he is the, you know, he is the guy at the top working on. That is a lot of praise. Um, and Last Jedi, Last Jedi is a very um, uh, divisive movie within the fan base. So, I mean, I, I think it would be strange of disney and lucasfilm not to take a step back honestly and say is this the man that we want to give a trilogy you know i mean you have to look at how it was received so this isn't this isn't that surprising to me honestly if if this room if these rumors are to be believed which i think there is an, an ounce of truth in them but how do you feel about this news coming i think i think the ryan johnson trilogy is fine until further notice um, is it a little bizarre that we've heard nothing about it since it was announced? I think, I think so, since it was, it wasn't a rumor that it was going to start filming like this, like next summer or something like that, or like... I'm not sure, honestly. I, I thought I had heard, I mean, something was, uh, it was rumored that something was going to start filming next summer. Logical guess. I'm uh, I mean... Everything that we've heard is that Bob Iger has, was fine with The Last Jedi uh, and that he likes Ryan Jump, but that he hated so or something like you know, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't spoken to Bob Iger. So that's, just, that's just some of, the, that's some of the, the rumors is that, you know, he meddled, he meddled so a little bit. Obviously, he had the whole... Uh, we're going to give Avengers the preferential 
treatment and advertising for that. Um, I don't know if he hated the movie. Uh, can't say that. I, I won't go that far. But um, <laughs> but no, I, I can't imagine that they would officially announce a trilogy of movies and just not even and have them not even come out. Like that seems like such a reactionary move on both sides <laughs> to announce a movie that you're that you're not one hundred percent sure is going to come out. Announce a trilogy of movies and not one of them is ready to come out and. Then, because of a poor performance for a movie that you knew what it, you knew what last year I looked like, they, I mean, I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy had seen the movie probably multiple times. Bob Iger has probably seen the movie already, and greenlit the greenlit the, the trilogy. So they knew what last year it was going to look like, and they decided because of fan reaction that they weren't they're going to axe three movies they had on their slate. That seems a little uh, that seems a little reactionary. Maybe that'll be the case. Um, for me, I'm a little more worried about the Kenobi because Ethan McGregor is talking about how he, he doesn't know what's going to happen with that movie and he still doesn't know. And that one seemed a little more up in the air because that's not a whole trilogy. And I remember we had heard that they were going to put all the standalone movies on hold after Solo. So I think there's a good chance Kenobi might have been fucked up in that, which is uh, a shame. Yeah, I mean, we've been hearing rumors about that for a while now, which is a shame um, that they may be putting Obi-Wan on hold or scrapping it all together. I mean, we don't know what's going on with that. Um, and, I mean, I, with this Ryan Johnson, I mean, I could see them coming out. Maybe they're saying, okay, Ryan Johnson comes out with one movie, and then they see how that does, you know? that's the, That was the thing about the whole trilogy news was that they gave him a trilogy like it doesn't matter yeah we don't even know yeah we don't even know what they're doing this is like he just pitches something and they're like make it a trilogy boom done like they don't even know how the first one's gonna do (laughs) they didn't they didn't announce what the story is no they got no fan reaction to what the story might be they don't know they have no idea marvel doesn't even do that yeah exactly marvel didn't come on say we're gonna get a trilogy of black panther movies i'd be like i mean cool i guess before anyone even starts thinking about that, I kind of got to see one of the TV Yeah, it's like after the first Black Panther, I'm like, all right, cool, let's get two more. They still haven't even announced the second one. I mean, Marvel's very patient. Where Star Wars, they're giving us, they're announcing a trilogy of movies, and we don't know what it's about. Yeah, I mean, this is the very DCEU like, or DC worlds of DC like, I guess I should say. Now. Yeah. Um, but this is just like, you know, it's like that. That news, I just, I that news just still rubs me the wrong way. It still is just like a trilogy of movies to this guy. Man, I, and I, I like The Last Jedi. I don't think The Last Jedi is a bad movie, but I don't think he should get a trilogy because of The Last Jedi. I don't think for a second that that's the case. Partially because of how, divide, how divided the fan base is, you know, um, as a result of his movie. You know, not everyone, you know, loved the movie. And it did have its flaws that some people were more bothered by than others. But it's definitely not a perfect movie, and I definitely don't think it's a movie that you should see, you, that you look at and say, this guy, this is the guy. Because that's what, that's what trilogy sounds like to me. Like, this is the LeBron James. This is, this is the yeah, guy. We're building our entire on the back. Yeah. Which, I mean, that doesn't mean why. Yeah. Why like this is the case? 
I mean, I'm not 100 because you do redouble left side, but I feel like if they were going to move off of that trilogy, is there a chance that they would have had him do everything where they feel like he would have been too toxic to do that anyway? Made no sense. But you mean remember the, the talk was like he can't do they asked him to do episode nine and he said no because he's doing the trilogy. Right. And so that makes me think that to then go to this where now we're gonna get rid of the trilogy. Unless it's like some Ben Affleck like the Batman stuff where he just hasn't been writing it. Then, I mean, I imagine he's been working on it. And I yeah. imagine he's got an idea. I imagine he's had an idea for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he's working on it. I think it's just a matter of, is it something people want to see? And is it something that that he should be, that he should get? Like, honestly, unless there's something in writing, <laughs> you know, some kind of contract has been signed. I mean, this the last Jedi didn't among the fan base super divisive. So I mean, to just give this guy a trilogy, I don't blame them for stepping back and saying, "Hey, you know what? Maybe we put out a movie with him and see how it does." Right? Let's just see. Like, okay, do people love it? Do people hate it? If people hate it, why would you come out with two more? No one's gonna go to the other two. Or, well, it's Star Wars. I wouldn't say no one, but like, you know, the fan base is not going to be excited for the other two. They're already not as excited for episode yeah. nine, and he's not even directing that one. So, I mean, I think giving him a trilogy is a mistake. Honestly, I really do. But we will, uh, we will see how that unfolds. So, hopefully, you know, we get some more clarification—not just rumors. We get some actual news on that uh, coming up soon. Because I, th- I do think you're right, though. Can I think they said he was going to start working on that next year or sometime soon? Um, but hopefully we'll hear more on that soon. Um, so as Kendall mentioned in the beginning of the show, I did finish Thrawn finally. Um, so I can now talk about it. I read, I got through the whole thing. Um, it is, and this is a spoiler, of course, spoiler alert, of course, (laughs) for any, all reviews I do, spoiler alert. Um, so this is a very interesting book. I don't think, just, I would say right off the bat. I honestly like the first one a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't say that this was, by any stretch of the imagination, a bad book or a disappointing book. I mean, I, I mean, I'd say I was a little bit disappointed just because it's Thrawn and Vader, and you think that would be vastly superior than a, a book that's just Thrawn. Um, but I think the 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 appeal of Thrawn in the this book was a little mitigated by the fact that it's half a Vader story. And and I would say the fa- the fact that it's half a Vader story but it's also partially in the past. So it's kind of like for for me it kind of felt like it was like maybe like a third of the book was Thrawn and a third of it was Anakin and Padme in the past and then the other third was Vader. And it's like okay, this is getting very mixed up. You know, you're not getting that much Thrawn. Or if you're getting Thrawn, it's Thrawn, but he's kind of following around Anakin and Padme, or he's following around Vader. And it's just kind of like, okay, this is a weird mix. You know, it it didn't 
especially with Anakin and Padme, that it didn't like mix super well. It was very interesting seeing them interact, but it didn't mesh that well. So just a brief overview, very, very brief overview of the plot. And it's not a complicated plot, but basically uh, it takes place, part, part of it is in the past, part of it is in the future. Um, it, the whole book takes place near the Outer Rim or just not the Outer Rim, near the Unknown Regions or straight up in the Unknown Regions, which is very interesting. I like that part of this book. The large part of it is just in the Unknown Regions. Um, and uh, so a large part of it is on a planet called ba called Batu, and a planet called Mokivja. And on on uh, these two planets, both Anakin and Anthron and Vader Anthron, which is why they kind of have the two timelines crossing each other. They're both going on missions. Anakin goes on a mission to find Padme, who got who who went to find her one of her servants. Not well, servant is kind of sounds like a slave. One of her like assistants. Who, <laughs> who uh, ended up getting lost and then killed on this planet called Batu. So Padme went to find her. She got lost, and Anakin went to find Padme because Anakin is in love with Padme. So Thrawn ends up running into Anakin, and their missions ended up kind of going in the same route. So they ended up helping each other. So that's how that story went. They went to Batu, and from Batu they found out more information, and they ended up going to a planet called Mokivja. To track down Padme, and a bunch of stuff happens there, but I'll get to that in a minute. So on the on the Vader side, so Vader and Thrawn go to the planet Batu because the Emperor senses something. He's like, I sense something in this near the unknown regions. I don't know what it is. He sends Vader and he sends Thrawn to go investigate. So Vader and Thrawn go to investigate. So you get Vader and Vader's. Uh, you know, elite troopers called the First Legion. So we get more elite troopers. So that's another group of elite troopers, elite troopers outside of the death, the death troopers and the and Inferno Squad and the Arc troopers and all these other elite troopers. But we got Vader's elite troopers called the First Legion. Um, so we get Vader, these do these guys, and Thrawn, his flagship, the Chimera, and Thrawn's um, and Thrawn's. Uh, Thrawn's, uh, you know, people, the people working under him on the Chimera. So they all go out to Batu, and they're all searching for this, for this anomaly. So eventually these stories end up moving to the planet called Mokivja in the Unknown Regions. Now this is where it gets very, very interesting. So on this planet, you know, a bunch of stuff happens in the past with Anakin and Padme. Um, they find... Uh, really, it all kind of comes to a head when they find um, a separatist base on this planet, which is why, you know, uh, that's basically what the information that Padme's uh, assistant found out was that there was a separatist base on that planet. So they find a separatist base on this planet with a duke um, uh, from from uh, Sereno, which is, you know, Count Dooku's home planet. So he has the same, like, cloak, the same crest, the same everything, but he's just not Dooku. He's a different guy. But... He kind of plays that role. Um, and, you know, they have all the battle droids, everything is just on this base. Uh, you know, so Anakin, of course, trying to find out what's going on here. Anakin and Thrawn. They find out that they're mining. And they're like, okay, so what are they mining? What are they doing? They have these factories. They have all this stuff. It turns out that they're mining Cortosis. 
So Cortosis, you know, which I don't know if this is the first time they made Cortosis canon again. I've seen this in other uh, EU books where Cortosis is basically a a it is a material that you know is you know woven into armor and things. It's lightsaber resistant. So that when I was like Cortosis, I was like, whoa. So okay, so I didn't know that was canon yet. I don't know if this canonized it. I don't know if it was already canon before. I'm not certain, but this is the first time that I recall hearing it in the new canon. But I don't know. I may be wrong on that. I'm not certain on it. But so they find out they're mining cortosis at this place, and they're weaving it into their battle droids. So Anakin's trying to cut the battle droids, and it's just not working. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, so so that was very fascinating. And on the Vader side on this planet, um, they find it, this other alien species, which I think this is where the story kind of goes. I wouldn't say it goes off the rails, but it gets a little more uninteresting and, and a little mixed up. They find this species called the Gris, and they're like these, uh, it, it, they weren't described very vividly, but they're, I don't know, an alien species. <laughs> and, um, you know, so they use, uh, they, you know, they use these uh, interesting weapons. It's like, and not regular blasters, like they use a little, like, almost like a lightning gun and like pellet guns, but they're good at at disabling people so you get get hit by it you you can't like move you can't really do anything so it's very interesting um so but they have enormous flagships apparently the same size as star destroyers so that's very fascinating so they and this you know species is known for attacking people and you know so so thrawn is you know preoccupied with with tracking these people down, and Vader's throughout the book is becoming increasingly annoyed. He's like, "Why are you trying to track these people down so hard? This mission doesn't seem to have anything to do with the Empire. I don't know why the Emperor sent us out here." Vader's just getting very irritated with this whole situation. He's getting very irritated with Thrawn. He thinks Thrawn has an ulterior motive. It turns out Thrawn does have an ulterior motive, in that this this the Gris, you know, so they. Um, have kidnapped Chiss children, and these Chiss children are force sensitive. Which that is what the Emperor was sensing. He sensed that there were force sensitive Chiss that were being kidnapped by these creatures, and these force sensitive Chiss are being used to navigate the unknown regions because the unknown regions has they have like unstable hyperlanes, so that's why they haven't been able to be navigated. Um, but with these with these four sensitive children, they can navigate the hyperlanes because they have the power of precognition. So they could see where the hyperlanes are going to collapse. They can like see what the safe routes are in the unknown regions. So that's why they're trying to kidnap these kids. Um, so you know, Thrawn knew this. He didn't tell Vader. Vader gets angry. You know, Vader's like, "Oh, you're keeping stuff from the Emperor. You're keeping stuff from me." Thrawn is like, well, I assume the Emperor knew. He probably didn't know, because the Emperor seems to know everything. <laughs> um, but he's like, yes, you know, this is part of the reason that I'm so determined to find these people, because they're kidnapping my people. And a whole running theme of this book is, where Thrawn, where is your allegiance lie? Does it lie with the Chiss, or does it lie with the Empire? And it's kind of a back-and-forth thing with him throughout throughout the, the whole like second half of the book. A lot of it is Vader getting angry with Thrawn, 
but not killing Thrawn. He must, I mean, Timothy Don must have written like maybe like 10 or 15 times that Vader wanted to kill Thrawn, but didn't. And I'm just like, okay, so I get it. He's not going to kill Thrawn, <laughs> you know, but I'm just like, okay, you know, like, um, but still, it was very interesting that there's, you know, four sensitive Chiss, you know, so that's very interesting though. With the Chiss, they lose their four sensitivity, the older they get, which I'm like, oh, dag, all right, that's kind of whack. But, you know, so they lose their four sensitivity as they get older. Whereas with other species, you know, obviously they don't. So that's interesting. But the, you know, so the whole Cortosis storyline ends with um, Anakin blows up the Cortosis minds because he goes into one of his Anakin rages and he's like, no, this this mind just has to be destroyed. That's it. I'm not going to think about this anymore. Da da da. And Thrawn's like, Thrawn's talking to Padme. He's like, why is this guy acting like this? And Padme's like, he just gets like this sometimes. So. In the future storyline, um, you know, Vader's confronting Thrawn about where his allegiance is, you know, and, and it's it, and it's heavily implied that Thrawn, you know, really, Thrawn is, basically knows that Vader is Anakin. You know, he's basically deduced using his, you know, his, his intellect that this guy Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Because he went on this whole mission with him. You know, and he just he just knows Anakin. He went on a very extended mission with Anakin Skywalker, so he knows Anakin Skywalker. So he's like, this yeah. guy is Anakin Skywalker. So that was very interesting to see as well. Um, but yeah, I like so that's that's basically how this whole story went. That's the that's the Cliff Notes version. Um, I mean, it the book as a whole is good. I like Thrawn in this in this book. Thrawn is of course Thrawn is Thrawn. Timothy's on create the character. Thrawn is a great character. Vader is very good in this book as well, though I think his interactions with Thrawn got a little repetitive, by the, especially by the end. Um, Anakin's very good in this book as well, and so is Padme. He writes he writes Anakin and Padme very well also, but I I just think there, I just think there's too much going on. There was there were too many relationships going on in this story. There were sections where it was just Padme chapters. Of just Padme, and it's like, what is going on? Like, like the the storyline was jumping around too much, you know. And I know that sounds that's like a cliche, like complaint for things jumping around too much, but this was jumping around too much, you know. Whereas like Padme's on this planet, then Anakin and Thrawn are on that planet, and then Vader's doing this, and Thrawn's doing that, and it's just like it was too much, and it it was just I don't know. I I thought it was a little bit jumbled. The first Thrawn book was very linear. It was very, you know, very much the same thing. Like, okay, so Thrawn, you know, he's rising in the ranks of the Empire, and, like, that's it. But this was very, it was kind of scattered all over the place. And then the head, the top, the head of the book was Thrawn and Vader trying to save Chiss from a bunch of random aliens that I kind of don't care about, honestly. So, I don't know. That was a little iffy. I think one, another big takeaway from this is they revealed in this book that, you know, Thrawn kind of implied when he was leaving Anakin in the past, he said, listen, I think it's weird that there's this facility and they're mining, they're putting cortosis in these droids and you guys think they're going to try to take over, take over the Senate with these droids. And they're not going to do that. That's not subtle. That's how, so what else are they going to use this cortosis for? And I, at first, the, the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, they're putting their cortosis in the clone army. They're putting it in the clone um, uh, armor 
for when they when he does Order sixty six. So that's what he does, and then and then they confirmed it in the future. They're like Vader's like, oh, but Vader knew that the that Chancellor Palpatine was running that 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 facility, and that he was planning to use the Cortosis in weaving it into the clone army. So that that's like an added protection for when he does Order sixty six. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So I did not know that. So that's very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really uh, how I felt about the book. I mean. Uh, so that's that, that's really all the interesting information. Um, uh, I don't know, Kendall. Do you have any questions, any comments uh, with regards to the, to all of this information? Um, certainly a lot. But was there anything that you took from that that made you think? There's a lot of speculation this week that they they casted Matt Smith. Uh, in episode nine, and people think that he might be thrown <laughs> again, another thrown guy. But yeah, is there anything that makes you think that they may bring Thrawn on to the big screen now that we see him in two books and uh, no, no, not at all. I mean, it, I think I, I was waiting because they had two epilogues, but they were both and night, but neither of the epilogues because one was in the past, one was in the present. Neither of them were connected with the with the sequel trilogy. Neither of them. I was expecting maybe the present one would be Thrawn in the First Order, but it was not. Was there anything that connects to the end of Rebels? Um, actually, yes. Uh, so Vader mentioned multiple times. Well, I, I wouldn't say the end of Rebels completely, but there was they they did connect to the end of. Thrawn in Rebels when he was on both when he was on uh, Adelon, and you know he was with the uh, the Bendu and the Bendu you know foiled his plans. Vader mentioned multiple times how Thrawn failed. Then whenever Thrawn would be like, "Oh, when have I ever failed you?" He would mention, "Oh, what about Adelon?" <laughs> so they're they're making that like you know more of a uh, more of a big event in the in the I guess the Thrawn. Um, the Thrawn like story, so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, overall, I would say this was this was a good book. I'd probably give it, I'd give it an eight point five out of out of ten. It was a solid book. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. I, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the first Thrawn book, but I definitely think it's worth reading. It's worth, uh, you know, it it was worth going through. It was fun. I liked really all of the characters. Um, I think the only thing I didn't like was that last alien species that Vader and Thrawn had to fight. I, there was just nothing to them. They were just a random alien species, and that it was just com- it, it. They just felt unnecessary, and there was nothing interesting about them. <laughs> um, but everything else was interesting, and there was a lot of interesting lore that was introduced. We have Cortosis now was introduced. So I mean I, I'm liking a lot of what I'm seeing um, from this, and of course Timothy Zahn is an excellent author, so he the book was written very well. But I would have just liked less of those aliens, and the, the story was a bit jumbled. But outside of that, I thought it was very good. Um, but all right, so that'll do it for this episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I mean, you know, hopefully uh, we get more news coming up um, about Resistance. If we get more news about Resistance. 
I mean, that'll be coming out soon, but maybe we get, you know, something to get us a little more excited about the show, hopefully. <laughs> um, and, you know, hopefully we get more news about Episode 9. You know, we got set images that leaked, but, you know, hopefully we get something official <laughs> yeah. at some point. I mean, you know, leak. We got Finn. Hammer. Yeah, you know, that's that stuff is... You know, um, so hopefully we get some official stuff uh, on episode 9 as well um, but that'll do it for this episode guys so uh, for Kendall I'm Shabari and we'll see you guys next time peace